0: At NurseDeck, we give nurses a place to belong, whether that's a platform to be heard or the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today. NurseDeck is proud to be built by our collective Nurse Voice. The Nurse Voice interview series showcases the true diversity in nursing experience through individual storytelling. We hear from professionals from all walks of nursing life, in academia, at the bedside, in the C-suites of administration, and at the forefront of nurse-led innovation. Nurses are strong, but we need each other more than ever. Our stories connect and unite us, and we're thrilled to bring you a new one each week. I'm Brianna kinney Orr, and this is The Nurse Voice. Hey everybody, Uh, Brianna here with another installment of our Insider Perspective interview series. Today we are joined by Faith Adole, who is a family nurse practitioner and nurse leader who is passionate about a great number of things, but namely, healthcare advocacy, public health, and improving healthcare access for underserved communities, both locally and globally. She is a current DMP MBA candidate at Johns Hopkins, and she is also the founder and CEO of Uval Foundation Incorporated, which we will get into in just a bit. Um, so, welcome, Faith. Thank you for doing this with us.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on and, uh, to the whole nurse so excited to chat with you guys
0: today awesome tell us how you got into nursing
1: sure <laughs> the big question so yep, right. um, I started um, as a registered nurse uh, at the bedside in an acute care setting like many nurses do I started on a med surge uh, oncology floor um, in a mid-sized hospital And um, from there, I kind of moved around to different parts in an acute care setting, um, telemetry floor, and ultimately I specialized in a a neural stroke floor. Mm. And um, from there, I actually navigated out of acute care setting, went into home health and ambulatory care, then eventually advanced practice, leadership, and now global health.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I love hearing nurses journeys (laughs) up until like present day because there's no two stories that are ever alike. Um, We had a similar trajectory actually in acute care. I followed a lot of the same pathways that you did. Um, That's great. And then let's move into the meat of the work that you do now because you're (laughs) doing so many amazing, there must be like three of you because I don't know how one person can do all the things that you're doing right now. (laughs) Um, But let's start here. You wrote an article that's titled Seven Steps to Ensure Quality Global Health Missions um we hear so much about this we've written articles about if you want to be like a you know health missionary type person um but there's not a lot that goes into qualifying these um i think from the the nursing perspective when you're looking into it um tell us more about this article that you wrote how you got interested in this topic um why it's important for nurses to know about this
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, I was really inspired, I think, to uh, write about that topic because it's kind of where I was at personally and professionally. Um, and I was thinking about at the time things that I've seen on the global health field kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. and where do we go from here type of a thing. So there's no doubt that, you know, medical missions and other short term uh, healthcare relief. Uh, missions really help bring healthcare quickly, you know, to those that need it the most. And right. I emphasize quickly because there are millions of people, even right now, that are dying or yeah. are greatly ill from preventable illnesses. And without the, this aid, many people won't have the opportunity right. to, to access anything like that. So um, at the same time, though, with missions, there's always um a um this will be edited right <laughs> yep mm-hmm. okay great yeah, yeah at the same time when it comes to missions there's um i guess a, a challenge that presents itself in that people can be exploited or mm-hmm. there could be missions can be used as just opportunities for um the the countries that are going over there so maybe Mm-hmm. People that want to practice, like nursing students, medical students, mm-hmm. um, very egocentric or something like that, or just right, feel good right. opportunities that I went yeah. somewhere yeah. in Asia or Africa and it felt so good. Like, and, mission, um, like tourism almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it completely takes away the focus from what our mission, <laughs> why we're right. going there and who is yeah. the focal point. Which in healthcare, it, it should always be the patient and the right. community and those that are in need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that um, global missions are a part of healthcare, just as the clinicians that are a part of it are a part of healthcare and should be held to the same like ethical, moral, right. and even clinical best practices, right. just like other healthcare settings. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really just wanted to uh, opportunity to start a dialogue and a conversation yeah. with colleagues
0: yeah that's such an interesting i mean i could talk about that one point all day long because we live in a time right now i mean i'm like thinking of all the terms like trauma porn and all those things that you hear like people people like exploiting emotional situations to make Mm. content or to do like pr stunts or like you said centering the practitioner rather than the patients Um, and it's all very problematic but to to talk about it on a level that like works to understand why that happens and then also how to address it um, while pushing it back onto like the patients in the communities that, like you said, need help today um, is is such an important conversation for people to be having. Um, I think it's so interesting. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it so i'm glad we have you on here right now to hopefully pique people's interest to think about it in a little bit of a um more critical or compassionate way Um, tell us about the foundation that you started um, uval foundation what's the mission what does it stand for sure so uval uh
1: stands for united vessels of love foundation and it's an uh 5013c it's a nonprofit healthcare international foundation that i founded in 2015 and really our focus and mission is to help br- bridge gaps in healthcare for vulnerable populations and we do that through medical outreach health education programs water sanitation mm-hmm. and other you know healthcare um, sustainability
0: initiatives yeah, how do you guys find the communities that you serve? Do you have like an application process? Do you go out and find them? How does that work? That's out?
1: a great question. Um, actually, as a team, we work to, I think we're always, uh, different communities are on our radar, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a research or assessment rather, is a better word, uh, portion of the work that we do. So um, keeping our, our eyes and ears Ears peeled, you know, mm-hmm. um, to the ground, and, and seeing what's going on. Uh, for example, a community yeah. that we're working on now exactly. we actually found it from seeing a lot of reports about it in uh, articles and uh, local news within that country and on TV. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were already working somewhat close to that not heard of this problem.
0: Gotcha. I think I lost you there for one second. Will you oh, yeah, so. repeat the um, the last like probably 30 seconds of what you just said um, about the because I heard the we saw it from reports from the country and then I lost you. Oh, OK. Yeah.
1: So this um, uh, one of the current communities that we're working in Nigeria and mm-hmm. we actually saw a, a lot of media reports. Written news articles, things on TV within the host country about an issue, a problem that was going on in that region. And so that Mm -hmm. alerted our team to go over there and assess what was going on and to see if possibly we could help or be a partner. Um, Sometimes, yeah. And sometimes that assessment isn't necessarily for us to ourselves to do work there, but um, also to be an advocate or a voice um, since mm-hmm. we're not specialized in everything or sure. you know, we communicate with our partners.
0: Yeah. What was the concern
1: over there, if I may ask? Yeah, it was a water contamination. Actually, the, the start of COVID beginning of 2020, there was a region um, in central Nigeria uh, of Benue State, mm-hmm. um, a local government area or a county um, it's called Obi, and they had this very bad water contamination in their local stream, mm-hmm. and it was killing a lot of people. And that's because yeah. their main um, their main uh, source of water was this stream, and that I actually I it was, but it actually still is. <laughs> yeah. It's a very huge stream that goes throughout the community. So we've been able to help some parts, and now they have water, but there are several thousands of others that don't. And why yeah. it was so significant, and I mentioned beginning of COVID is because everywhere in the world was, it was locked down Right. everyone was focused on COVID yeah. and there's so many other things going on at the same right. time and yeah. it being a remote location, people couldn't get there like fast enough. Right. Um, people died and, uh, and we're like, okay, we learned yeah. about this region and they've had an ongoing issue with water for a very long time
0: right i mean it's something that obviously most of us in this country take for granted completely um but it's a <laughs> foundation of life you need clean water i mean right still, yeah yeah it's just something as simple but profound as that um yeah it can like you said have devastating consequences um Your community of real nurses is waiting for you. Join Nurse Social from NurseDeck today to connect and network with nurses from all over. Ask questions and share advice. Only verified nurses and nursing students have access to member areas. So new nurses, veterans, mentors, and leaders are here to connect and support one another. Get rewards for participating in your community Score social points as you engage with fellow nurses, and redeem your credit to support a growing list of products and services created by other nurses. Follow topics that interest and affect you as a nurse. Your peers are creating topics and stocking them with an unlimited supply of advice and resources, and you can follow along to help build a better world for nurses everywhere. Head to social.nurstack.com to join in today. We'll see you there. Tell us a little bit more about the documentary, a project documentary, the solar powered clean water project documentary. Um, What inspired you to come up with this project?
1: Sure. So we've been um, doing a lot of, you've all since its inception. So here in the U S we focus a lot on homeless uh, populations, healthcare related issues that they face. And internationally it's been healthcare, medical care, and we had never really dealt with water before. However, you know, with something unique about healthcare is that it's always evolving like six months from now. It's not, we'll be focused on something else than we are right now. And, um, I really believe that organizations should be open to pivoting and, and moving and changing, um, even if, you know, as a, a nonprofit, their bylaws say this, and. You know, but within their constraints of, of healthcare and, and what they can do.
0: Uh you just it's broke so up the last, like, probably 15 anything? seconds. Okay. okay. Sorry, yeah, about I'm that. Not hearing now. Yeah. So, okay, great. Yeah. So
1: for us, we really decided to um, bring in water because we noticed a lot of the communities that we're already working with overseas were always dealing with waterborne illnesses. Mm. Like it was the the chief complaint. Yeah. Um, so whenever we do an outreach mission, we collect. Um, information so that we know you know what's the most prevalent uh issue that that region is dealing with and see how we can help them then and beyond after we leave mm-hmm. with partner organizations so we found that waterborne illnesses over and over and yeah. the regions that we're working in didn't really have many options for yeah. water and uh we had seen that i believe unicef was one of the, the great organizations that worked in one of the regions that we are in, but UNICEF is everywhere and they're doing a lot. And mm-hmm. um, many people ask, well, wh- why did you start Water? Because the, the need is so great and there yeah. are so many regions that still need help. Right. And uh, you've all really switched uh, intentionally its focus to a sustainability capacity building Uh, model for the Mm -hmm. communities that we engage in Mm -hmm. so we felt like that needs to be comprehensive yeah and water
0: sanitation and hygiene are a part of healthcare. right exactly those are such interwoven things like like you said it's the water is the basis for our springboard for so many different ailments that people can can have down the chain um yeah i can imagine (laughs) there's you know never uh never an end to it um but it sounds also what i'm hearing when you're describing your organization is a basic tenet of nursing which is connecting people with resources even if you yourself aren't the one that will be providing them um and i love that because that's just intuitive to what we do when we practice anyways um i I le- it yeah that's a that's an important part of uh being able to be selfless i guess as a as a community organization too um i think like you we were saying at the top about um like the self-promotion aspect of of some mission work um and Mm -hmm. and really being able to take yourself out of the the spotlight in it to uh right on the communities that you're helping um Talk to us about what you see down the road for your foundation five years from now. what what's in store for Uval?
1: Yeah, so uh, really, right now, right now and in five years, Uval is really focused on building its infrastructure for its existing programs, and that includes our personnel as well, um, you know, making key collaborations with different partners so that we can learn from others and and do what we do better. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately is just uh, for greater impact. We're really focused on making healthcare more accessible and at the same time equitable Mm -hmm. uh, to communities that we serve
0: and beyond. Yeah. What have you seen? It makes me think of one of the big things that gets talked about a lot right now is the distrust of the healthcare community as a result of, you know, COVID being a big perpetuator of it, but also building upon decades of, uh, you know, health systems that have undermined certain communities. What have you seen on that end in terms of like building back some of those bridges so that nurses and, and nonprofits can be trusted again?
1: I really think it's it's time for greater transparency um, as organizations, leaders, and that transparency involves accountability. So acknowledging the places where we have maybe missed the mark and saying, well, before we were strictly yeah. you know, doing missions like this, but we realized we were wrong and we decided to yeah. change that. I think yeah. that the general public would be more... Um, you know, would be supportive of that. Right. Um, I think a lot of, you know, maybe saving face or mm-hmm. um, not acknowledging uh, issues that are, are there, inequities mm-hmm. that are there, only yep. perpetuates the
0: problem and makes it worse. So. Right. Absolutely. I don't know if you saw today, I saw a blurb come up about the CDC doing exactly what you just said, kind of saying. <laughs> We did a lot. Turns out we did a lot wrong. We didn't actually trust the public with no, like, I think they used the word truth, which I was like, oh God, that's just gonna (laughs) help other people's agendas that don't need any little sound bites from this, you know, uh, statement (laughs) that you're releasing. But I thought that was important, though, that they just said, like, we didn't do this perfectly. And not just that, like, here are the things that we did that were absolutely counterintuitive to being a public health institution. And you know, now that right. we have talks and trying to right some of those wrongs, which eh, um, But anyway, it just made me think of that when you were talking mm. about that. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about community, um, empowerment, engagement. How do you get people on board um, when you're trying to do these big uh, public health initiatives or even global health initiatives? Um, mm-hmm. How do you get that engagement and buy-in sure from the communities themselves from the from the communities that are like you mentioned homelessness where a lot of people literally step around it in their daily lives and don't realize you know the the health issues or or any of the issues really um I, I read a study one time that talked about how I think I don't know how they like quantified it but it was like brain scans, maybe where they were flashing images in front of people's eyes. And what a lot of them had to do with homelessness. And some people viewed them more as like an object. And some people viewed them more as a person. And I thought that sorry. was so <laughs> yeah. telling. Um, yes. some, yeah, it was like a landscape issue, which is mm-hmm. horrifying. And other people are able to see like the people that are <laughs> living in those situations.
1: Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, um, people who want to be seen, people want to be heard. It's a part of human nature. Yeah. And we find that for, um, with the communities that we, we serve in, whether it's homeless communities or international communities that are not experiencing homelessness. So um, really we focus on building trust and um, showing that uh, we're committed mm-hmm. specifically. So we've been doing work since we started in, in Southern California and as you may know, Southern California has a huge homeless issue right. that's multifactorial, yeah. and a lot of the people that are experiencing homelessness in different facets, whether on the street or in transitional housing, engaging with them, I find that they say that they've kind of heard this before, that before, or might be and um, might be jaded in a sense. Some yeah. of them. Well. Or it could be stemmed from fear. They may not want to go somewhere or engage because yeah. of fear of being turned away or being overlooked or viewed as a number for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so that affects how they, they move and whether or not they're open. Yeah. So we really try to meet each community um, where they're at. So mm-hmm. we just did an outreach, for example, in San Bernardino uh, the County that's uh, east about an hour and a half east of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And the way we approached that specific community was different from how we approached LA County, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And and it really uh, depends. We try and create environments that are less threatening. So if we do an outreach, we we see that there's a need. If a person is in a desperate or survival mode, there Mm -hmm. is a part where they need Somewhat of relief, you know, yeah. if they're thirsty, they want something to yeah, eat right. at the same time. And instead of just approaching them, it's like, you need, you have a mental health problem or right. you need to come to this program, here's my brochure. Yep. But multiple community yep. partners, make sure we'll, we are well informed as you all is What's available in this community? What mm-hmm. does this particular population in this pocket of, say, San know have an issue with and um we we talk a lot with our partners and say okay you have a shelter in this area what are some of the challenges that you have found with this group or population Mm -hmm. and we just find and find avenues that we can um help them yeah so we facilitate a lot in in what we do right and um more specifically overseas in communities that I've never even heard of you, Ball, and we might show up and say, hi. (laughs) Um, It's a lot of similar things, but a lot of learning goes on. And a part of that learning, I think something that is standing out to me is respect. Mm -hmm. So respect for people's land, their leaders, their practices that are already Mm -hmm. going on before you even get there and really listening and you know, and being more of a, a a partner alongside instead of, I would say, yeah. leading the conversation and imposing and saying, well, this is what we think we should prescribe yeah. because we, know, we <laughs> know better than you do. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I think any nurse, I mean, just on a relatable level to people that maybe haven't done like any sort of Community work or volunteer work is just watching, like a physician completely miss the mark with a patient that you know you might have developed a great rapport with because yes. you've been spending all day <laughs> all shift with them. But then the- yeah, and no, no offense to doctors, they're not all like this, obviously. Mm. But the ones that are like this, everybody has met or interacted with at least one, and, and you're like watching this, like they're not listening to a word you're saying because yeah. you're just talking at them, you know, and exactly. It's- It's, that's such a key component of communication. And without communication, like you're not, you're doing nothing to change this person's life, even though like you're technically right. And the information you're saying is correct. It doesn't matter because that person's not listening to you Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, You just said the core of, of nursing practice and I, I I wish I would, it would be healthcare practice, but definitely a nursing um, we talk a lot about like nurse patient relationship and yeah. the core of any relationship is like trust respect yeah. you know displaying care and love and those things take time right at exactly. the bedside it could be a shift of 12 hours but you're still spending time and yeah. you're showing up whether or not you know that patient is being nice to you or not yeah. or you know uh, whether or not there's constraints of Pressure on, on the shift, oh, mm-hmm. same thing, in the mission yep. field, if you don't have the most hygienic field or anything like that, but you're still showing up no matter what. And those things yeah. display to the recipient that, hmm, I can trust this person. They they mean what they say and they're going to come back and right. they mean the best for me.
0: Yeah, that's such, a, such an important aspect of it. Um, tell us about some of the challenges, which I'm sure the list is endless, um, but in your role specifically with public health or the global health missions that you've worked on.
1: Sure, um, I would say overarching in global health and public health, from my organization and others, one of the main challenges is that um, public health delivery is really closely, no, it's married actually to our stakeholders and it could be different partners, from mm-hmm. the government to the local community to other organizations. Uh-huh. And a lot of the countries that we do uh, global health work in, it still lacks like basic yeah. um, healthcare, basic infrastructure, basic things for personnel that deliver the healthcare. So coming Funny. in and trying to partner with a place that doesn't have the basics. You've got to advocate and convince those that maybe have yeah. the, the the power to create that infrastructure to tell them this is important. We need to do right. this, and here's why. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's been one of the biggest um, challenges for many of us, and especially you all. Um, some people ask, "Oh, well, how come you're not yet working in this country or this region or this part?" And I tell them well if you want to really make long-term impact it takes time and right. we're not really focused on um you know as many i don't know pictures that we can get or social media likes but yeah. we're really interested in uh investing in people's lives and and, and yeah. helping people long term
0: yeah it's hard to argue with that i think <laughs> yeah. i can imagine like that must just be an insanely frustrating part of your day-to-day um mm-hmm. like your the the passion i imagine comes from wanting to help people but then the necessity of needing funding is you yeah. need it um so having to like mm-hmm. convince people of the importance of your work i mean oof, yeah i don't know if i'd be cut out for that but that's and definitely- even within the countries
1: um to give perspective there are some regions that are very much interested in working with us and we working with them, mm-hmm. but maybe the roads getting there are really bad. And yeah, right. if we need, you know, um, large vehicles or different m- machinery to get in there, yeah, we, we need better roads. So sometimes we engage, you know, with members of the government and say, these are the issues we've seen. Right. In What's holding this us. Area. But yeah, It's not a priority to that government at that time where they don't want to release allocation. It can mm-hmm. be tough.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. Um. more into vlogs than pods you can also watch these interviews check out nurse stack on youtube for video features of these amazing nurses and more content by and for nurses just search nurse stack on youtube to find us and get watching How do you encourage others to support your missions? I imagine you get funding from a a lot of different areas. Um, What do you find connects with people the quickest to get them to care about the things that you care about? Mm Support. Oh, I'm losing you again for a second here. Let me see if it'll. I'll give it a beat and see if it'll pop back up. Okay. Oh, I think you're back. Okay. I'm
1: sorry. I don't know if it's on my end or your end. I'm like, what can I do? It's,
0: it could be on my end. Too. Mine does this randomly too sometimes. But okay. yeah, it's the bane of my existence. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, since you mentioned, you know, uh, public uh, support and funding, really that's the core of, of of what we do. That's how we're able to do what we do is by the support from the public. Yes, monetarily dono- uh, donations help us. And a lot of times I think people overlook even just uh, being partners in, in sharing or liking or the mm-hmm. raising awareness. You'll be surprised yeah. about how many people still don't know some of the things that are going on maybe in their backyard or maybe far away. So um, helping us uh, spread the word has been really essential in what we do and and sometimes building our our partnerships. And then um, also I would encourage um, those within my profession that are already doing uh, especially, particularly medical missions, uh, to look up something called the Brochet Declaration It's uh, really a a statement uh, of ethical guidelines and principles that um, kind of just guide global health missions. That um, I was alerted to. I didn't found it. A really great organization did, and it's a declaration that organizations make and say, like, okay, we're going to be involved in even what writing our own ethical principles and trying to follow them. And beyond that. I would say my nursing colleagues. I would speak to you and and really say, you know, get involved in global health, especially global health leadership. If anything, um, this global pandemic has taught us that nurses were the focal point of mm-hmm. healthcare uh, <laughs> delivery, yeah. and we we have this unique vantage point because of our training, because of our experience, different parts of healthcare. Um, we look at things differently. Our approach is is mm-hmm. is different, and I would love to see more nurses, especially in global health leadership positions, because I don't see that. We'll be a part of it, the actual yeah, right. in the field, which is essential. But I think you know, in, in other companies we've seen, like, even Google, Microsoft now has, like, a chief nursing officer. I yeah. think you know, more global health organizations should have a nurse definitely to sit at the leadership
0: table and would definitely, um you know, be beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Um That's such a great point. I mean, we hear a lot of People, especially the conversations I get to have on here about, you know, nurses having a seat at the table and really nurse led um, initiatives are so important because we have walked in the shoes of nurses and it's hard to know what nurses are going to need unless you yourself are a nurse or are very familiar with it. Um, Yeah, I think that that's such a great point. I'm glad you brought that up what are your thoughts on nursing community in general um, yeah. how do you think nurses can benefit from a community like nurse Tech that's virtual um, or any community that they that they could join different organizations um, volunteer mission work
1: i think it's super important for so many reasons really first even just camaraderie you know in our field it's it's not easy <laughs> i would say even healthcare in general dealing with real life situations, um, things ch- changing rapidly and having to really step in as or being seen really as a leader um, for your direct patient, a leader on your, on your uh, floor, uh, clinic, et cetera. I think having an opportunity to hear from others that are experiencing mm-hmm. the same things that you are is definitely helpful. Um, yeah. to continue on and also I think it's an opportunity to exchange ideas and and even notes if you will mm-hmm. and um, to really see how much we're really connected yeah. whether you're like me working in global health or in a hospital we face a lot of the same um you know challenges um, highs and lows so mm-hmm. I think
0: that's wonderful as well yeah i I agree a hundred percent. Um, tell us what you, you mentioned a little bit, some of the projects that you're currently working on for yeah. those that are listening or reading or watching this, how, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they're like, this is amazing. I want to be a part of it. Um, what are, what are some of the current things that you're working on and how can people get in touch with you?
1: Absolutely. So right now, uh, the Yuval Foundation is in the middle of a campaign. It's called Project Wash. So WASH stands for Water, Sanitation, and Hygiene. And it's really a campaign that's um, pushing forward the work that we've already done um, from the documentary that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So um, water is just one portion, I guess, of the equipment. And also education, I think they need to water for themselves, <laughs>
0: I think I'm losing I'm losing you one more time. Say it start. Hang on one second. Let me just wait for it to catch up. But let's see. It seems to be like a ten second <laughs> interruption. Uh- there we go. I'm back, I don't know what the deal is. I don't. I know nothing about technology. Am um, I? You frozen. Am I? I'm still frozen on your end. Yeah. Let's see. Um, <laughs> give it a minute. Okay. Now you're not frozen anymore. Okay. I got the like the first three words where you said water is just one part of the equation, and then it became like. Oh, okay. that. <laughs> Yeah.
1: So access to clean water is just one part of the equation. Also, once people have water, you know, other than drinking it, there's so many things water is used for hygiene is a big thing. In sanitation, mm-hmm. so we really want to empower our communities to know how to wash hands, but how can they wash hands if they don't have a facility to do so right, or how right. can they you know uh, toilet in in a way that's hygienic if they don't even have a facility to toilet or know how to do that so yeah. this whole campaign is part awareness, and um most part is 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 delivery, and people can get involved by visiting www.uvalfoundation.org slash wash okay and i hope that you guys maybe put that in your description mm-hmm. there yes. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and, and, and people can um either you know donate or even really partner with us it's a peer-to-peer campaign so it's exciting there are a lot of different people that are helping to fundraise and um online and we give people tools to be able to do so so if they're involved in doing that they can and um, we also have open positions for other nurses that are um, like volunteer positions like Mm -hmm. our ambassador program that really gives voice to the the work that we're doing so i encourage people to just uh, reach out to us on any one of our social media platforms Uh evolve
0: foundation and, and get engaged great i we talk a lot with nurses about nurses that are feeling like extreme burnout or even Mm -hmm. going beyond changing their nursing role and wanting to leave the profession forever we we try to (laughs) of course we want Mm -hmm. to retain all the nurses that we have right now but part of that i think reigniting your nursing spirit is turning back Mm -hmm. into community work and volunteering is such an important part of that um, I, I think that most nurses have that compassion gene that sometimes the light it, it gets dimmed, but volunteer work and turning outside of yourself is like the quickest way to spark it back up. So, um, I love mm-hmm. what you guys are, are doing the work that you're doing sounds amazing. I'm going to go like, look up all of it right now. <laughs> um, So thank you, Faith, so much for taking some time out for us. And it was awesome hearing your story um, and all the things that you guys are doing globally um, in your own backyard. Um, And I know that it will inspire other nurses to get involved as well.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Brianna. And uh, I'm excited to just uh, continue this conversation even beyond.
0: Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you. We're all done. Um, Julia will (laughs) get in touch with you and the, the turnaround for like the magazine and all that stuff takes a bit of time. Um, But little snippets will probably float out. I would say like about a month's time. Um, And of course we'll tag you and, and alert you when any of those things happen. So we can, you know, cross promote or do, uh, awareness on both sides. Um, but yeah, it was really awesome meeting you and talking to you.
1: Yeah, it was. And I didn't know you were a nurse. So I, I'm even more excited. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mostly work from home now, but. Oh, okay. so how did you get involved with nursing? Um, so I have two sets of twins. <laughs> so I, uh, wow. left bedside nursing. Um, it's been like seven years now. Um, Ooh, I was okay. in, did like ER and trauma. And yeah, I just it was like looking for different things I could do at home to still like stay engaged. And I didn't want to do like yeah. chart reviews or anything. Anyway, I, <laughs> yeah. I I've always loved writing. I, I love storytelling. I love, like, I miss talking to people. So even mm. though I'm an definite introvert, um, but through mm. my writing, I met neville um who is like the 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 man behind all of nurse deck right now um yeah and then yeah so we kind of started up it was like february of 2020 (laughs) so right before the pandemic
1: wow and uh
0: it's nurse deck has a cool story so we started as like this refer kind of more of like a nursing referral agency um and Mm. then the pandemic hit and then all like the social justice stuff that started bubbling up with george floyd we recognized yeah. that all of our conversations people were really needing and wanting to talk about things that mattered rather than like trying to find nursing jobs for their friends so we completely oh, yeah. reverted oh, to being like a nonprofit um community oh, advocate. Okay. and that's where it's gone since then yeah so. it's
1: amazing you know i saw nurse first through linkedin yeah i'm like I don't know, maybe a couple months before Neville reached out and I just felt like, wow, I love this and I want yeah. to be a part of it. And so it was great that he reached out. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, i yeah, really love cool. to just tell everyone about it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah. We are, right? we're built literally by where nurses have steered us to be. Um, so it's been really cool to see yeah. it. Like as this living, breathing thing that's sort of taken on um, its own identity. <laughs> So that's how I feel about you, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. wow, this
1: is so great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you still remember, I remember you started um, in my notebook <laughs> as a dream. Yeah. Movie, crazy. And I still have those notes and it's amazing to see how it is today. Yeah. So it
0: was right. a real thing. <laughs> so cool. Um well thank you so much again and uh Julia will be following uh oh I think you might be back again. But, yeah Oh there we go. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. <laughs> Take care. This has been a Nurse Deck production hosted by NP Jamie Smith and RN Brianna Kinney Orr. This episode was produced and edited by Juan Paulo Toison and Julia Teliasin. Join us on social.nursedeck.com to connect with podcast hosts and guests and experience a truly nurse-centered online community. Thank you for listening.